I'm John Bond. Welcome to Move Yourself Happy. Made for fitness enthusiasts who want to make their passion their profession. Are you unhappy in your present job? Are you passionate about health and fitness? Do you want to release your true potential? If the answer is yes, this podcast is for you. I will be teaching you the specific knowledge that every trainer and coach needs to be successful. So listen closely as I share my expertise with you. So just like me, you can love what you do. George, good to have you back, mate. Thanks. You've had you on before? Yeah. And got loads of good feedback. Why are you laughing? (laughs) I just think the second you start, we're just, boom, start interrupting each other. (laughs) Ah, right, yeah. I know, we talked about getting a microphone where, like, I hold it, pass it to you. I think it'd be fun, but it might be a bit formal. But um, anyway, we'll try that another time. But good to have you back. Uh, as I said, got loads of good feedback from when you were on before. Yeah, thank you very much. Lots of the students um, have been mentioning that they watched it and, and they, they thanked you for some of the stuff you said on there, mm. which obviously was helpful for them and work with their clients. And um, I think just enjoyed listening. So, great. Today, what I want to talk about is your experience of any kind of struggles that you've had in the past with regards to your mental health and what you've learned along the way for managing it for yourself and then maybe potentially what you've learned since that you kind of filter into training and coaching others mm. um if that's okay definitely yeah I'm if not to... i mean we can think of something else like... it's all good we can dive dive deep into that i think i think everyone has some sort of past struggle right that they're either happy to talk about or not and ultimately it shaped them as a as a person as a human um, so yeah, we, we can dive straight into it if you like. Yeah, brilliant. So, well, I know we've spoken off camera before about what you've kind of gone through, but I'd like to hear it again. And yeah. obviously for those that are listening. So yeah, should we start there? Away, yeah. Start take there. it away. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm very privileged. I had a wonderful upbringing. I actually had such an amazing childhood. Loved my childhood. So many fond memories. My parents are still together now and we're we're together all the way through my childhood I've got a sister as well who is my best friend you know we would always go to the cinema with each, together and we still to this day you know if we go out for a meal out or whatever just the two of us it's not weird you know we, we've got a great relationship so I always had a very happy healthy safe home life um but I struggled massively with anxiety like proper panic attacks and uh, physical anxiety all the way through my childhood and certainly in my teenage years. And is this pre-social media? So Pre-social media, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. Which so you can't in... blame it on that. <laughs> no, no, which is very interesting. Um, it didn't happen when I, you know, very, very early on, like, you know, four, five, six and seven, but I would say, you know, getting towards double digits when I was sort of like 10, 11, 12 and through, throughout um, and then certainly in high school is kind of finished me off. Um, I was very, very anxious and I remember starting little what we would now probably refer to as OCD traits so going into my mum's room every single night saying does the fire alarm work does the burglar alarm work uh has all the have all the hobs been turned off you know are the doors locked etc and I think at the time my mum just thought it was it was just a little thing I did you know and she would say yes George yes George you know and oh that's sweet you know he's making sure we're all safe um but then that became something where I thought you know I have to make sure every single night or else I can't sleep properly. And then little things would take over. Like I'd go in my room, turn my light off and I'd start thinking bad thoughts. 
and I think to myself, oh no, I, I'm going to turn the light back on, think a good thought, and then turn it off. And then I can sleep peacefully. And then, again, as a lot of the listeners probably are well aware now, these are early signs of OCD, um, obsessive compulsive disorder, where you think to yourself, I've got to do this, otherwise something bad is going to happen. Mm. And then I could go down that route a little bit more, but I'm going to steer it back towards the anxiety thing. Um, as a result, I started, become, I started to become a lot more scared and fearful of the world. I just thought everything was out to get me and I was scared to go outside. And, and I had a few, few problems when I was growing up as well. You know, in, I, I got chased before by some adults when I was very young and they had bottles and stuff. And cool story, I actually jumped over a, over a six foot fence um, and I, I can't remember how old I was. I must have been about eight years old. And I, I jumped fully over because I had so much adrenaline. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, yeah, we, superpowers. On the, um, I think it comes up on the level three where we talk about you can only vol- voluntarily tap into a certain number of motor units. But if the kind of electrical impulse is strong enough, mm. then involuntarily you can tap into a lot more. Yeah. So you potentially you can double your strength. Yeah. So... Precisely. You probably did. Like your jump height, your vertical jump height probably yeah. doubled yeah. because of being chased. Yeah, absolutely. And when you hear about like mothers being able to lift a car off their child. Yeah, that sort of stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. And in fact, um, Eddie Hall, when he did his 500 kilo lift, he had therapy to get his head into a mindset of lifting a car off his kids. And he says that that's the only reason why he lifted that weight is because he got himself into that headspace. I'm not sure I'd want to go in that headspace. I know, yes. That's dedication to the to the world record. Yeah, yeah right. certainly. Um, anyway, yeah, so then throughout high school, I started to develop actual panic attacks, like where I felt like I couldn't breathe. And it's hard to know where this all kind of stemmed from. And I've, I've, I've seen multiple therapists all throughout my childhood, all throughout my years, and a variety of therapists as well. I've seen like holistic healers and, and therapists and like alternative medicine type alternative stuff. medicine yeah absolutely and then i've seen your stereotypical ones and i've gone through the nhs with other ones etc i say i you know my mum did all this for me which is amazing so supportive and kind and helpful and was always there for me which is lovely um uh but in terms of like where did it actually come from i have a theory and it might be completely wrong but when i was born i was born with the umbilical cord wrapped around my neck and i couldn't breathe at all and they, the nurses afterwards said that I had about 30 seconds before dying. Um, so I had, I couldn't breathe and I couldn't swallow. I couldn't do anything, right? It was just so restrictive around the neck. And, it, and when I was a baby, my mum said that when she would feed me, I would always just spit out the food and just sit there. <laughs> and then she put it in and spit it out. And I mean, you're a dad, you'll know that that is quite normal behaviour. But to keep doing it mm. every single mouthful, every single meal for years on end is abnormal and I was doing that so I was I was issuing early signs and behaviors of uh, this sounds very plausible by the way yeah 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 I think and it just caused some traumas we store trauma within the body physically emotionally mentally uh anyway so uh, uh, actually I'll get on to no, hang on. Let me try and stay on track because you know, you know <laughs> yeah, what I'm yeah. like. I can, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But... All right, I'll just quickly get through the anxiety then. So yeah, all throughout high school, I had severe anxiety, severe panic attacks. The longest one I ever had was 14 hours. Um, so it started before school. It went all the way through school. And bear in mind, this anxiety was the type of anxiety where if I took a breath in, it would sound like it would actually sound like that. 
and that was a genuine normal breath. So there was something psychological going on where it made my airflow restricted. I don't know how or why, but it, anyone who suffers with anxiety knows it's a real thing. I wouldn't be able to open my hands either, so my hands would lock together. So with my toes, I'd go numb in my arms, numb in my legs, uh, tingling all up and down the body. And this was 14 hours. And for some reason, I could sometimes get through the day. I was always so scared of people knowing. This is the, the, the main fear. As long as people didn't know, I could kind of stomach it and mm. just get through the day. And I would just, you know, I'd say, oh, I injured my wrist at the weekend or whatever. I'd just come up with all these different excuses. And oftentimes I used to just get sent home. I'd just go and make up some excuse, feel sick, got a headache, and I'd just get sent home. And then I'd open up to my mum that actually I had anxiety attack, etc. Um, but anyway, this one lasted 14 hours and I was knackered the day after. Um, but that's just how, how bad they were. And they went on and on and on. And it got to a point where I thought, my, my GCSEs were coming up, and I thought, if I panic during the exam, I'm a bit screwed, because these are very important. And I thought, I need to sort this out. I need to, 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 to get out of this headspace. Um, and so I took it all on myself, because there were no, no therapists helped. Um, Sorry, what, what, do you think, was it conscious thought that was creating anxiety, or do you think it was more unconscious thought that was creating anxiety? That's a good question. Because as but, in like, because you, from what you were saying previously, it sounded like you weren't really aware a lot of the time as why it was happening. Yeah. Like, but if, you were, if you're worried, if you're consciously worrying about something, then you'd go, because I was worrying about this. But yeah. if it's happening and you don't know why it's happening. It was more unconscious. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I wonder. I mean, that, that's amazing, isn't it? I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to talk to, um, I don't know, I guess like a neuroscientist as to whether that's so interesting. Can you do that? Yeah. Can you, because we can do so much unconsciously. Yeah. So can we actually have thought unconsciously going on yeah. like you're in a constant fight or flight kind yeah. of mode worrying about you know the things you talked about yeah yeah and that you're not even aware yeah yeah I mean, it's fascinating mad, isn't it? it's absolutely fascinating even when the even when the first one happened me and my whole family was watching eastenders <laughs> like on a friday night nothing unusual or unordinary about the circumstances it was, I was, it was so normal. And then suddenly I, I just breathed in and felt a restriction in my airway. And that's all it was. And then it set me off. Oh my God, I can't breathe. Oh my God, I'm dying. There was no trigger. Nothing, zero trigger. Zero trigger, just randomly one day. I don't want to scare anyone listening, you know, but ultimately sometimes that can, that can happen. Um, and it might have been a fluke thing. It might have been, my mouth was dry. And it was an accidental thing. But in my mind, my young mind, I just thought, oh, my goodness, like, what was that? And then it set me off, you know. Mm. Um, and of all the things you tried then, because you said your mum referred you to various, like, mm. stuff through the NHS, but then you tried alternative stuff, was of those, well, did any of them work? And of those that worked, which ones mm. kind of were the best? Unfortunately, none of them worked. But I can tell you the difference. NHS are great. It's a lot more sort of psychological based, trying to get you to imagine things and and think of different scenarios when you are going through that. Uh, the holistic doctors would put together uh, little uh, bottles of essential oils and stuff that you'd rub on your chest, you know, to try and help open up the airways, and you could feel it working, like the the it. it it cleared the airways and stuff, but it didn't help the anxiety as such. Um, but I, I saw all sorts of people, some that we can maybe go into at a later date. 
But um, I, I used to use the bag. I got an inhaler prescribed. I used to use the plastic bag, the, the, the airbag, breathing in and out of that. That didn't help. That actually made it worse. Um, in fact, when I tried to implement some of these techniques, it, it actually made it worse because it, it, it just reinforced the fact that, yes, you are going through something terrible right now and other people are trying to help you. Mm. I hated the thought of anyone else getting involved. I just wanted to be locked away in a room and just sort it out myself. You know, I hated the fuss. Any kind of fuss or attention was, was made it a million times worse. Because suddenly, what, there was an expectation to, to, to get better for other people now? Or? Not even that. Just, just oh, look at George. He's, he's panicking, you know. Let's sit with George. Let's, it, oh, well, like it felt like a weakness or something. Not yeah, not even that. Just just attention. I just hate the, uh, you know okay. like if you're crying over something, yeah. and then imagine like six or seven people knew and they all came to your aid. It's like no no go away go yeah, away go away alone, yeah. leave me alone. It's like that. Okay. I just didn't want the attention. It made it so much worse. Um, so yeah, th- th- that was that. And then yeah, so I'm just trying to remember now. So yeah, NHS was 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 good, but it didn't really work. So yeah, I tried all these different things. None of it really worked. And then I, I had to take it upon myself to fix myself because I thought, like, somewhere in my subconscious this has been brought on. So, and I'm a big believer that anything you can create, because, yes, anxiety is a real thing, but we create a lot of it in our own minds. Mm. If I can create it, I can also destroy it or reduce it, even if I reduced it, because I was having severe panic attacks daily, not once a week, not when I got triggered, but daily. And unannounced. Sometimes it's at six in the morning, sometimes six in the evening, sometimes in the middle of the night, sometimes, you know, in the middle of school. Like it was, you just, it varied every single day. You never knew when it was coming. And I could think about it all day. I'd be like, it's not here yet. It's not here yet. And then boom, it would happen. Mate, this sounds hideous. It sounds yeah. like, cause you, you, you're dealing with this thing in the, f- whatever, whatever is triggering it is, is probably one thing. Mm. And then the consequence or the symptom now you've got to deal with that. No, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not, it's, yeah. it's so much more. It's almost like, and it's probably, um, you know, like a snowball effect, isn't it? Just yeah. Sort of gathering, getting worse and worse yeah, and worse yeah, and precisely, worse. Yeah, precisely, precisely. Wow, yeah, that's tough, tough for you to go through. Tough for your family as well. As well yeah, seeing, definitely. You know, being your mum and your dad having to, you know, see you go yeah. through that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And my mum's spending so much money on trying to help and, you know, being unsuccessful with it must have been horrible. But um, she's really proud of, where I'm at now because I what I had to do because ultimately my biggest fear was my airway closing and not being able to breathe at all and as a result dying right I was scared of death and that goes way back to what I was just talking about when I said in the early days you know is the fire alarm working is the burglar on me because what happens if a burglar comes in and kills me what happens if a fire goes off and I die it all goes back to death what did the umbilical cord do around my neck? It was killing me, right? Yeah, so I've yeah. always had this fear of dying by something outside of my control. You and know? did you know about the... What age did you find out about the umbilical cord? Um, it was a little bit later on. I don't know. Probably, Yeah, probably... So you'd experienced anxiety before you knew about your umbilical cord? Yes, yeah, I, yeah I, knew, okay. I knew about that. Yeah, actually, you're, no, yeah, yeah, I did because I remember in a therapy session my mum bringing that up and I was like, oh, I didn't know that. That makes wow, sense. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a, a lot of therapists dismissed that though. You know, they were a bit like, you know, oh, it's, it might not be that, you know, but I think it's quite plausible. I do, yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm not a therapist and I'm not, 
yeah, that's not what my, my skill set or my expertise would be. But just with a bit of a sciencey brain, I can mm. kind of say, we can do so much unconsciously. So mm. even though you can't consciously remember being a baby or being in a womb, yeah, it happened to you. Yeah. So I would have thought that's a memory that would be stored that could be unlocked somehow. I don't. Yeah. Yes. Well, certainly. And and as I I said, I'm not an expert. (laughs) Well, I I practice. um, I I practice something called TRE, which stands for Trauma Releasing Exercises, and they're exercises you can do to release trauma stored in your muscles. And at the end of every session, my body uh, goes into a fetal position, which is so interesting because that's how I came out. Mm. Um, We can talk about that at, at another time, which is so interesting. One of my favorite topics, TRE. There's some on my YouTube channel, George Holistic, if anyone wants to look up TRE. Um, so anyway, I had to sort this out. And the way I did it was by challenging it, by treating it as something separate. So when it came on, it was almost like the devil on my shoulder, like, oh, I'm here again. I'm going to ruin your day. And normally I'd be terrified of it. Like, oh, no, don't ruin my day. Oh, no, I didn't want this to happen today. But I flipped it. I reversed it. And I, I started to get stronger because of that so when it came on and started restricting my my airflow i'd I'd try and find some humor in that i'd be like look at you trying to you know i almost gave it an identity the anxiety Mm. you know look at you trying to scare me right now look at you trying to be all big and ruin my day like go on do your worst i want you to actually close my oh my god uh, and i I was like stop me from breathing completely because ultimately that was my biggest fear i was like i dare you to stop me from breathing because i had enough of it i you know years and years and years and years i was like do your worst do your worst and then you so stressed at this point and anxious about it that it was kind of make or break it was like look yeah pick yeah (laughs) either kill me yeah or or piss off (laughs) absolutely that's exactly what it was and of course i didn't want to die but it got to the point where it was like okay either kill me like you say or get out of here because what is this weird in between that's just bizarre yeah 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 don't torture me yeah kill me or go absolutely and then the and i remember it so clearly the day i did that and i was like go on do your worst do your worst and it never got worse because it can only get to a certain point. And, you know, the hands would go up, the tingling would go all over the body. But I didn't die. It didn't kill me. Mm. It didn't completely close my, my airway. And the second that happened, I started finding humor in that. I found it hilarious how it's like this anxiety in my head. I gave it an identity. I was like, you really think you're something, don't you? You really think that you can scare me and that you can you can make me be like, oh, you know, I'm going to die from this. I'm, gonna... You've got no power. You can't do anything. Mm. And I found it funny. And then I used to taunt it, you know, like, come on, is that all you've got? Is that all you've got? <laughs> yeah. Give me more, give me more. Come on, close my airway, close my air. And the more power I gained over it, yeah. the more the symptoms started to reduce. That's crazy. It was incredible. So, like, sorry, the TRE, mm. is this linked to... Is it is is this specifically the TRE technique? Or no, you, no, no. Okay, so no, so this is, is you're like the founder of this technique. Yeah, completely for, for yourself for myself. For this situation, yeah. yeah. No, no therapist, no doctor, no one told me to do this. No, I guess it's. I mean, that's quite a risky thing, isn't it? Imagine, yeah. And actually, for anyone listening, I mean, yeah. you're, this is anecdotal, anecdotal, so you have to take that. Yeah. It's not that it, it's not that you disregard it. That it's anecdotal, but it it's probably horses for courses, and mm. it might not only 
may not work for somebody else, mm. it could have the opposite effect, I suppose. Couldn't but it? So we potentially, have to be careful. Potentially, especially in the early days. I think if, if, if you've been struggling with it for a little while and you're still relatively new to it and then you start saying things like that, yeah. that that's not that's not good. You were like, you had nothing to lose. I had nothing to lose. And my GCSEs were coming up and it was like, I can't, I can't have this for my GCSEs. No. And it's a bit like there's that famous video in an Australian school where there's a larger kid and he's being picked on by another kid and he's like poking him and prodding him and then suddenly this oh, kid picks him, him up and slams I've him. I've seen yeah. that. Yeah, it, and it's it's that breaking point and every human has a breaking point. Even if you think you're the most passive guy ever, you, everyone has a breaking mm, point. No, I agree, yeah. Yeah, and this was my breaking point. And so it was just like, this is how I'm going to fight back. Mm. <laughs> Hello, you right? We are, yeah, but it's all right. You can, yeah. It's just Dave. <laughs> Good old Dave. Process. <laughs> Trust the process. Trust the process. That's actually a good, good bit to add. Trust the process. Uh, sorry, George. We, ha- we actually got interrupted then. Someone came in. Um, so we- we've kind of taken that bit out. Um, George, you were basically saying, we were saying that this isn't necessarily something that we would recommend, no, perhaps, that's to, right, to yeah. anyone listening. It worked for you, but we have to remember that we're not, we're not experts in this stuff. And no. Maybe there's a reason why therapists aren't recommending it to people, mm. but it worked for you, this kind of taking taking it on and just saying, look, and it, and you had nothing to lose. Yeah. Um, and actually, do you know what? While you're talking, it reminded me of, have you seen the film It? Yeah. So, you know, um, have you seen the remake? Yeah. I've, I saw the original years ago, so I'm, it's probably the same. Yeah, I can't I've remember. But in the new one, they disarm the clown, don't they, by... Yeah. Showing it, not scared of it. Yeah. And I wonder if Stephen King, like the writer, whether that's a metaphor mm. for something he's observed, witnessed, experienced himself, mm. and if he's had a similar sort of—I don't know—I don't know anything. Well, about but, um, yeah, no, mate, absolutely. And it's—we watched Home Alone recently at Christmas, you know. And he goes down in the basement and he's scared of the uh, what is it, like the the washing that, machine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, <laughs> and it's and the first time he goes down, he's like, "It's only in my imagination." And then he runs upstairs because he's terrified. And the next time he goes down, he just goes. Shut up! <laughs> he just tells it to shut he up. He does, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what it was like for me. It's like, oh my goodness, I can't breathe. And it's like, shut up. <laughs> and so, then you, it does. so your mum sent you to therapists. Um, she paid for you to have alternative medicines. Yeah. All this money. Yeah. And Bless her. in the end, it was Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone that taught you how yeah. to get yourself out of this situation. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Pretty much, mate. <laughs> but that's no, it was and. Um, I've I've spoken enough, but I had the same thing with OCD where I I could go into a whole world of that because that got really bad as well whilst the anxiety was bad because they linked together. But I switched off the OCD with the exact same method. So when, let's take the light switch as an example, which is nothing in compared to some other things that I used to do. When I turn off the light and I have a bad thought, I I just have to say whatever and I just go to bed. And it was terrifying, absolutely terrifying. But repetition, mm. nothing bad actually happened. It's all fine. It's actually in my head. It goes away very, very quickly. It's like we've spoken about mobility. It can take a long time to become immobile, like not being able to stretch and stuff. It doesn't take long to actually fix your mobility, does it? And yeah, I've, often less time, yeah. I've learned this. Usually less time. Yeah, and I've learned this with some some in my experience with some mental health struggles you know it can take years and years and years and years to build up to a terrible place it doesn't take that long to actually 
sort out if you're willing to just be as brave as you can and as bold as you can. But I appreciate everyone's on different levels with it. Yeah. Do you know what? Again, the scientist in me says it probably depends on the time spent developing the bat the bad habit or the whatever whatever the conditions were that got you immobile or impacted your mental health or whatever it is, if you add up the time spent, the frequency, the volume of whatever it was you were doing to get you in that position, mm. it's probably an equal amount in the opposite direction. I didn't explain that very well. But let, uh, let's... That's good, yeah, you're right. But, but So what I'm saying is... When you deliberately attempt to change a behaviour or change a habit, you, you, you hit it quite hard normally, don't you? You hit it with a bit of quite a lot of volume, you know, you'll be on it every day, mm. you'll be focused on it. So you you quickly accumulate the time spent giving you the the issue in the first place or the, the lack of mobility in the first place. So <laughs> I know what I'm saying in my head. I'm just not sure I'm communicating. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm following. You are following? Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, okay, cool. So basically, like if it was, if, it, if, if you did something that was really bad for your posture and mm-hmm. you did it once a week for, year, for 10 years, yeah. I'm speculating here, but I yeah. wonder if you could undo that yeah. thing by doing the opposite things that you need to do to make yeah. it better twice a week. Yeah. It might take you five years to undo it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I would even, I would, I, that was a right one. No, 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 I got it, I got it. And I'm sure everyone else got it. But, um, but I, I would, I actually think it's less than that. I, I think that if, if you've spent 10 years with bad posture because of sitting, I think in a matter of weeks or months, if you did the correct exercises and the amended your posture and stuff, um, I think you can sort it even, even sooner, even quicker. I think the body always knows what's good for it and will always lean to that rather than the opposite so this is why i like getting you on george because although we're very similar we also still have some some sort of little different ways of looking at things yeah because what you're saying i'm like yeah absolutely and then i want to come back and go but again of course <laughs> yeah. what it could also be that's what i love that, about you though say it took 10 years to get that lack of that poor sorry we're looking at the last 10 years of mobility. Maybe five years was it. Five years of that was getting you to have poor mobility. Yep. And the other five years was keeping you there at maintenance. Yes. So yeah, then it only yeah, takes yeah, five yeah. years to, I don't know. Yeah, no, 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 you're right. So yeah, we might think it's 10 years, but actually it didn't take long at all. And then it was just maintenance. It was just keeping it. It, it was, was maintaining. Yeah. So same with like a mental health issue. Maybe it was like, there were certain things that were happening that made somebody feel, I can, I mean, I'm thinking from my own personal point of view, stuff that I've struggled with. Certain things were happening over a period of time, mm. got me to where I was, and then everything else was just keeping me there. Yeah, precisely. It wasn't getting yeah, worse, yeah. but it wasn't getting better. It was Absolutely. just keeping me there. But I Absolutely. don't know. This is the thing, like, overused expression that I use so many times with my, my students, with my clients is... Horses for courses. As in science, as much as we love to lump people together mm. in in categories and have specific sets of guidelines that apply to that group and that group and that group, because it makes our job easier. Basically, it makes data analysis easier. But actually, we can't get away from the fact that we're all different. Absolutely, yeah. it's like what is there eight billion people in the so planet? So different. We're all different. No one's and fingerprint you can't is find the a, same. No, you can't yeah. find a blanket one size fits all approach for everybody. No. Um, you always have to tailor it. But yeah, certainly. Um, but yeah, mate, this is really interesting. So yeah, keep going. So, um, 
Well, I think from essentially all that happened after that, mate, honestly, the, my anxiety cleared up. I might be wrong, but I would say within a week. On, and this is daily panic attacks lasting up to 14 hours a day, every single day, without fail. Um, every day, for years, even on Christmas Day, my birthday, like happy days, holiday, it would always happen. To suddenly standing up against the bully of anxiety, realising I'm more powerful now because I've got the upper hand. You know, you know, close my airway, close my airway. It can't. Mm. I've got my power back. Within a week, it was just like, oh, well, what's the point then? Mm. Because every time, and I felt it come on, and I feel it come on, but it, it was almost like, what's the point of going through it? Because I know it can't do what I'm ultimately terrified of it doing. Therefore, there's no point in it really being there in the first place. I do have to give a shout out to one of my old teachers, Mrs. Allen. She wasn't actually one of my teachers. She was like a supply teacher or support worker or something. I can't remember. She was the only person, the only teacher I actually opened up to about this. And she did do one thing with my fingers. She told me to like try and do like try and play with your fingers when you're doing it. And I, I came up with this, which will mean nothing to people watching. But to me, it was a slight distraction. And that it didn't help, but it was it, you know it, it it made me it gave me a bit of comfort. I don't know. It just it, it did something to me. Hmm. So that was that was really nice. That's interesting. I wonder where she where where she got that from. Yeah, I th- well, I think her daughter su- uh, suffered with anxiety. Okay. So she she um that was just something that she learnt. But yeah, mate. And then it it just went. And then I did the same thing with the OCD, and I haven't had a panic attack since back in back in high school just before my GCSEs you know and I went all the way through college and multiple different jobs in the fitness industry and everything and being in so many places that would have absolutely triggered my you know I've spoken in front of hundreds of people um, at events and you know and I feel the anxiety coming on but it never takes over you know, mm. so. yeah, they, uh, there's, there's numerous examples, isn't there? Of, I, I mean, films are good. I'm a movie fan anyway. So whenever someone's talking, I often think, Oh, that reminds me of a film. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's so many examples, isn't there? in films where they overcome the fear or they mm. take it on, they hit it head on and they, and they overcome it. Um, but there's, there's a book I read years ago when I was going for a, a, a tough time, I read a book called feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm, love that Susan you've read it no but what a good title oh yeah feel the fear and do it anyway yeah it was really good and there was a there was an mm. expression in there that um, ships are safest in the harbour but that's not what they were built for yeah and they, I mean it's littered with things like that I really liked it I mean one thing you'll notice you probably notice this with certain books they they resonate with you at certain times in your life yeah like someone will go oh, you've got to read this book and you read it and you go Okay, I mean, yeah, it's all right, but not as good as what they're talking about. Yeah, and that's because it it's you not, didn't need it then. It's not your time. It wasn't, it's not mm. your time. Yeah, there's definitely some of that going on. I had it with yeah. um. Have you have you ever read Eckhart Tolle? Um, I know actually you've you've read The Power of Now, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Have you read A New Earth? A New Earth, yep, love that one. Yeah. So when I first read that, I was like, oh my god, it actually blew my mind. Mm. I've tried to read it since, and it doesn't resonate with me. But yeah. I think it's because I'm not in the place I was. I needed that book back yeah. then. Yeah. Um, very good point very good point yeah is, you know. but, but essentially what everything comes around to is is talking about challenging fear isn't it or, or, or channeling channeling fear might be better channeling fear and what uh, uh, there's a breakdown of fear each letter stands for something and I like to see it as false evidence appearing real 
So yeah. my false evidence was the anxiety. It appeared real, but actually it wasn't really there. It's hard to get your head around, especially as someone who's dealt with it, because it is very real. You physically can't breathe. If you said breathe in loudly, it would sound like that. Mm. And you can't get enough in and you're holding your chest, you know, and your hands are like this and you can't open them and you feel paralyzed and you just, and it's, it's a horrific feeling, but it's, it's not actually real quotation marks. Like it's not a disease. It's mm. not like you've actually got something wrong with your body. It's, it's happening inside of your own head, um, which is equally as terrifying. Um, but it's still false evidence appearing real in that moment. Yeah, it's um, it's a tough balance to get though because you have to have some fear. Like if you if you're in the Canadian mountains and a bear steps out in front of you, yeah, yeah, well, of and course, you don't yeah. fear it. You know, like I don't know, like you have to. Some experience. fear is obviously real. And even, <laughs> like, exactly, yeah. and even like like the fear of what happens if I don't pay my bills. Mm. You kind of need that because yeah, oh, you wouldn't pay your bills otherwise. You wouldn't get then, up in the morning. Exactly. I mean, yeah. So the so fear is there. Yeah. Like it's not all bad. It's yeah. It's there to, to motivate you to take action. But oh, I it can be your best it, friend. Yeah. Exactly. I think isn't that? Um, you just you saying that reminds me another book. Yeah. Called I think it's called Fear Friend of Exceptional People, and um, okay. I read that and in there it talks about. Uh, Mike Tyson, how like a lot of people don't know that he used to cry before yeah. fights because he'd be so nervous. Yeah, and his trainer, um, I'm not sure how you pronounce his surname, but Customata, mm. his name was. Um, he taught him to channel that fear and said, "Look, fear's your friend. It's yeah. it's it's elevating your your heart rate. It's dilating your blood vessels. It's energizing you. Mm. Channel that in the ring, mm. and you're actually you're going to be stronger. You're going to be faster. You're going to be more powerful. Yeah." So when you feel that fear come up, don't think about it as the enemy. Think about it as your friend. Precisely. Um, although that kind of contradicts what you did because you you saw it as the enemy and you tackled it. Although not the fear, the fear. Well, well, well. Actually, well, it was my friend certainly when I was being chased as a kid when I jumped over the fence. And if I didn't jump over that fence, I don't know what would have happened. But that actually, was not, my no, friend. It's, yeah, you're you're right because it's not. I was about to say that that's, that that contradicts what. You were saying, but it doesn't, does it? Because the fear, you feared what was going on and what was happening. Yeah. So the fear wasn't the enemy. It was what you were... Th oh, it was all, it was all, it was, it was the end result that I was scared of, dying. Yeah, yeah. That, so That's, yeah, so you know, death, death was the enemy. Yeah. Fear, what was your... And, and do you know what the saddest part about it is? When you look into like, why do the hands go like this? Why is there tingling everywhere? The body's trying to support itself. The body's on your side. It's trying to help you, you know? It's, and and you've, you feel knackered as well. You want to just go to bed because the brain wants to shut off and mm. be like, right, let's sort this out. So the body's always on your side. You know, if you cut yourself, the second you cut yourself, you start healing. The body is constantly on your side. It wants you. It wants what's best for you all the time. Mm -hmm. So even if you are going through an anxiety attack, it's like your body's not trying to attack itself. The body doesn't hate you. It's it's on your side. It's just the brain is so complicated. Yeah. And a lot of our childhood emotions are not treated, caused, um, or or identified at all. And so we might have some silly little mantra or some silly little thing that we just can't get out of our head. And we're like, why is that there? And it probably stems from our childhood. Hence why I like doing a lot of trauma releasing exercises because it doesn't deal with the emotions, 
but luckily you don't have to go to the back to that emotional place. You just release it from your muscles. I haven't actually taken you through a TRE. No, you haven't. Yet. No, we've done ice baths. Yeah, uh, we've done meditation. Uh, we've done obviously training, hiking. Yep. But no, you haven't done any of that. Mate. We should we should do that at the end of a podcast one day. And uh, I think you'd love it, mate. It's so good. Yeah, it sounds interesting. So one of the good aspects of this actually is um, like. Uh, for, so for me, because of the the age gap between you and I, and we've talked about again this this off off camera off podcast, but you you you're growing up in a an era or a generation or like you when you were younger you grew up in an era or generation I think you agreed was where it was maybe easier or more acceptable to talk about your feelings and to be yeah. a bit open about stuff. Yeah, yeah, to a degree, definitely. Um... Yeah, it was sort of just starting to change. In in like my early years, so sort of between when I was born and 10 years old, it was still pretty, like some teachers said and did some really bad shit that you wouldn't be able to right, do now. Okay. But certainly high school, there was a lot of that, like mental health, talking about your feelings. I was at an all boys school and there was a lot of, you know, boys feel things too, boys cry too, open up to your teachers, there was a lot of that, lots of counselling and support, and yes, yeah, certainly there was a lot more than that, and I mean, I listened to even my, my parents, you know, and, and I'm sure your parents have some stories, when they went to school, you know, getting the cane, and just doing all sorts of mad things, like abusing kids, literally, mm. and it, 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 crazy stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm 44, 45 this year, and... At my primary school, uh, we did get whacked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? It was only when I became an ad- uh, became an adult, uh, just yesterday. Um, no, but when I got older and I uh, reflected back, I only found out in recent years that that wasn't okay. I know that sounds yeah. crazy, but like they were doing something wrong. Like they shouldn't have been doing that. By the way, this isn't me suddenly going, hey, everyone, no, poor me, poor me. But I'm just <laughs> reflecting back on what yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was only recent years that I was like, oh, right, so they weren't allowed to do that then. Yeah, um, but, but it was, was normalised. But it was, it was normalised, and I think it was just one of those things that it was a Catholic school, and uh, no, I don't know, I don't think anyone cared. I think it was... A, well, not if it was normalised, no. No, I, I just don't think it... Yeah, so whatever. Um, but anyway, um, uh, so talking about stuff, I mean, this is great that now, as it like... It's so nice for me knowing that my children, like Jade and mm. Betsy Lara, they, they can talk about stuff now, yeah. and it's all fine. And I'm probably more so, rightly or wrongly, I'm more for Jaden because he like that those old connotations of men don't talk about their feelings. Mm. I think that's largely been ironed out now, isn't it? I don't think Jaden's going to grow up with that. Well, it's, no, and and even like I think about how much it's changed now. Like when I was at school. Something that would have really helped me is what a lot of kids have now, which is a timeout card. Which is like, if you're fi- if something's happening to you, if you're having an anxiety attack, timeout card, just just go away for a bit. That would have helped me a lot because I was always scared that people would find out and I had to pretend to go to the toilet and pretend that I felt sick all the time mm. just to get out the lesson, you know. Whereas if you know the, the the teachers were a little bit more lenient to be like okay you know the kid who's obviously struggling with this should should be allowed to just even go home if he wants to yeah you know but there was none of that it was more like you've got to stay in the lesson you got to just deal with it you know if, if you are going through something you know go to the back of the class or wherever so now you're right it is it is definitely easier for them and yeah. we've, had, we've had conversations about like um you know how far do you go with it 
to the point where kids who are growing up without problems or issues or mental health issues, um, do they feel almost left out? <laughs> are they like, well, you know, should I be going through something? And it's like, well, there's a lot of people don't. But for those who are, certainly we need systems in place to, mm. to support them. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's um it's a shame. It, this this sounds like a it sounds like a cop out, but sometimes I feel like, oh, you know, it's too late for me now. <laughs> I'm 44, 45. Like I can't get rid of these 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 connotations or this idea that real men don't speak or mm. because this is the messed up part of the brain, isn't it? Like I know there's absolutely nothing wrong with a man for a start, like crying, for example, mm-hmm. because they're scared or they're upset or whatever. I know that I know my brain, the intelligent part of my brain, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with a man saying, I'm scared, I'm fearful of this, I'm feeling anxious, asking for help. I know that. But this weird little default unconscious thing kind of, I don't know how to describe it. Um, so like, I wouldn't want to turn, so my wife, Samantha, I wouldn't want her to f- know or feel that I'd, how oh, do I describe this? No, just, just literally say it as black and white as you need to, because I believe what you're experiencing is the primal male brain. That's what I think. Yeah, so I, I want, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, good. So I want to, <laughs> good, thank you. <laughs> it's okay, John. You understand it's me. Right. I understand yeah. me. Cheers. I got you. He's turning to the therapist. You're not going to send an invoice for this, are you, at the end of the... Yeah, conclusion. <laughs> Primal male brain. <laughs> look, and also, look what I'm doing now. I make turn into a joke. Yeah. Isn't that classic? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I... I, <laughs> I <laughs> I feel like I should be the provider, the yep. protector. Yep. There isn't there isn't room for me to yeah to, you to, don't want to, to have sh- issues or but, you don't you know. want to display weakness because you think she will worry. Yeah, and yeah, worry, and also like that's not that's not his job. Yeah, like I don't think she's going to think that. Mm-hmm. I don't think, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's there's a possibility. Yeah, like I don't yeah, know, yeah. like what she thinks. No, I get um, you, mate. Well, hold on, he's supposed to be the guy that's, you know, I, no, and, yeah, and if no, anyone asked her, if we got her on and someone interviewed her, so she's not, she's yeah. not going to go, you know, she's not going to say, yeah, I do think that, honey, you know, you yeah. need to, you need to stay strong for the family, you know, yeah, yeah. there isn't time to talk about your mental health issues. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm in a really good place, mm-hmm. I'm fine now, but I've had, I had stuff before, like prior to meeting Samantha, and, um, and it's, and, and you'll understand this, it scares you so much that you, and you don't want to go back to it, mm-hmm. that you put everything in place, don't you, as like precautionary, like preventative mm-hmm. measures to stop it from happening, um, which I think that would be really good to talk about, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Just to expand on that, what I think personally, or what I think your experience is completely normal, and we've had conversations about this off camera as well, and I, we're very much in the same uh, belief as this, but, um, you know, I and I hope I don't lose people when I say this, but, I, you know, I do believe that, Men and women are obviously very different. And there's a reason why when we walk past a pet shop, you know, the woman's going to be, oh, look at the, oh, look at the little guinea pig. And the man's just like, yeah, whatever. It's just a bunch of pets. You know, some are, you know, more like, oh, yeah, it's cute than whatever. Mm. But women are a lot more emotional and in touch with their emotions than men are. Men are very much like, right, let's get this done. Doesn't matter how I feel. Doesn't matter what my day's been like let's get this done, then we feel really good. Women stop and think a lot more and they'll be a lot more in tune with their emotions, right? Mm. And that's why I think they're obviously um, 
most of the time a lot better with children than men are. Okay, they can be around children for longer. Um, they know how to deal with children more. Um, but as I say, men are a little bit more doers. And I think what you're saying, the reason why you're worried about being too overly emotional or too o overly trapped within your emotions is because then Samantha might, in her primal brain, start thinking that the gender roles are crossing a little bit too much. And again, I don't want to lose people when I say gender roles. Don't, you know, don't get lost in that thought what i'm saying is if, if it's almost like you're stepping into her territory a little bit too much and then she's like well where's my where's where's my provider where's my rock where's my you know that kind of thing yeah and also actually what i should point out <laughs> by the way is uh samantha's a hard-working nurse yeah. hard-working yeah. nurse works yeah. full-time for the nhs yeah um does very very well <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I don't want people to think I'm this provider. That you've you know no, no, like, yeah, no, no, yeah. but we we've certainly had conversations about this before, and without a shadow of a doubt, you know, everyone, you know, people can make their own money, and it's all fair and whatever, and a, a woman can 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 be the head of the house if she wants to, or a man can. It really doesn't matter, or both of them. It really doesn't matter. Um, but we have spoken about this before, and we've asked a lot of men about this. Men like to feel like they can provide for their family. Yeah, they do. But what I'm see this is weird because I'm 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 the older I'm the old fart here and I'm about <laughs> I'm about to challenge you on some of this. Uh, which uh, I, I kind of feel fart. like it should be the other way around. You should be the uh, Yeah. I feel like I'm a little bit more of the old fashioned sort of John go to work even if you don't feel like it. That's it, yeah. And uh, when when you met when you met Grace, did you just bash her over there with a club and drag her home. I mean, like, <laughs> this is 2024, George. What? Um, no, uh, what I was going to say was, what about if, like that example you gave where you're walking down the, I can't believe I'm, yeah, this is this really should be the other way around. No, no, no. You you're walking down the street and you see the pet shop and, you know, you're saying that it's more likely to be the, the, the woman that's going to go, oh, look at the guinea pigs. Yeah. And, and the man's likely. like, you know, like, can we go over there and look at the, the gun shop? Yeah. Look, there's a shop over there that sells catabolts and BB guns. Let's go look at that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's funny because that is what. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is but, what. Although, I would definitely look at the pets. So well, I wasn't saying men won't look at the pets. <laughs> no, I know. I, you I, I know, I know. I know but, like, and I'm not saying that if a man walks past and he's like, oh, guinea pigs, and the woman's like, what are you doing? Like, let's go to the whatever shop. Uh, I'm not saying that. No, I, no I, know you're okay. not, I know you're not saying that. Okay. What I was going to challenge was, I was going to say, um, you know, you bigot. No, no, Jane. <laughs> I was going to say, um, <laughs> you old-fashioned Philistine. Get out. George. Was, um, what if you think that and we we are that way because we've been conditioned to think that is like mm. un like un like talk about unconscious stuff earlier yeah what if like we've been brought up a whole life watching movies where the man's the hero and even the disney films are like the prince you know whisking yeah. off the princess and all that stuff has been conditioned us from such a young age and you think about brain plasticity neuroplasticity where it's forming and changing a whole life that is what's been fed to us. Mm -hmm. So in our heads, we we think that there's these these gender roles. And mm -hmm. This is taking a turn, isn't it? it we talked about mental health earlier. Yeah. We wanted gender roles. Yeah. But anyway, um, so much so that, like, what if we're turning our nose up at certain things because we think we don't like them? 
Mm. But actually, we've been conditioned to not like them. I know a lot of people will go, oh, no, it's primal. You know, it's, mm. that's what our DNA is and that's what it says. But as you know that, do we? Like, well, to a degree, I, I think what you're saying is correct. To a degree, definitely. Um, where we have been conditioned to be like, oh, we should be like this. I think when you strip away a lot of those things, and like we've said before, when you throw the man and the woman on the desert island, naturally we resort back to those old-fashioned gender roles as such, mm. um, where it's like, I mean, there's so many different examples that you can give, but you see it a lot in nature as well, how the male um, mammal acts versus the female mammal. Um, but certainly you are right in potentially boys should like this girl should like that um there's definitely a lot of that that's been conditioned so oh, definitely you know so but, but but what i mean is rather than the expectation of others and going you know you should like this you should like that mm. what about if you've been conditioned so much that you don't like something but you but you you actually could have you would have yeah. if you if you'd grown up in a different era yeah you would have liked that definitely oh definitely i wouldn't be as emotional as I am if I was born in the 20s or whatever that's a really good example that's yeah. what I'm saying yeah but I, this is this is juicy this is that, uh, <laughs> what I, mean, I think it is no it is people listening are like what are these guys going on and you've even said it before where it's like you, you the reason why we like having this conversation so much is because I I talk almost like, or, or I do a lot of the stuff that you would have liked at my age, but you almost felt a bit embarrassed to do it around yeah, your friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you meditated, if you're into yoga, Definitely. if you're into playing instruments, like I'd have been really over-emotional, whatever. I wouldn't say I'm over-emotional, but you know what I mean. I talk about things that some guys might not feel comfortable talking about. Um, but you relate to that. You're like, oh, that's, I want to do more of that, but I always felt like I couldn't. Yeah, because, yeah. Um, like, well, get a example. When I, so I've been vegan now, what, 18 months? Well done, mate. Well, that's I'm plant based. I like to say plant based because um, the trouble with being vegan, oh God, that's another tangent, isn't it? But the trouble with being vegan is there's some shitty vegan food out there, isn't there? Well, and so before, uh, before we say this, I think we should just quickly uh, explain what vegan versus plant based is. So, plant based is a diet when you eat plant based foods, no animal products, no eggs, no dairy, etc. For health reasons, whatever it might be, that's the, your diet. But being a vegan is it's an ethical standpoint against the needless um, torture, rape, and murder of innocent animals. Right? Being vegan is like it's like a, a okay. A, it, it 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 goes out of diet. Yeah, it's, it's more. It's, yeah, it's, it's more like a, a belief, a, a philosophy of uh, a ethi community, an ethical a, blueprint on how to a live moral your life. compass. Yeah, moral. Yeah, 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 yeah certainly. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, but you're right some vegan food is shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I mean like yeah because you can you can eat you can be vegan can't you and, and eat such bad like have a terrible diet absolutely um, but anyway so yeah we'll do that that, that can be another episode but um, we'll park that for a bit but what I was going to say was when I when I was telling everybody I was going to do it mm. the people that I was most embarrassed to tell were what I would argue and, and definitely in inverted commas argue are my most masculine mates. Yeah. Masculine by the old use of the word masculinity. Yeah. Um, and my dad, like my dad didn't, my, I mean, my dad was a butcher. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I think, I'm, I believe he worked in a slaughterhouse as well. Mm. Pretty sure he did. Not for, I don't know if it was very long, but I know that I'm sure there was a story where he did work there for a bit. 
Um, so anyway, big in the meat inspector, big in that industry. And don't knock him for that because, again, he grew up in a different time to me course, in, a, in, a, yeah. in a community, in an era. I, you know, I only changed 18 months ago. But, um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so I was most concerned about telling him and, you know, I won't say their names on, on here, but some other, you know, a couple of other mates who would consider themselves to be, you know, proper men, proper Macho, men, masculine yeah. men, um, old school, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I did because I... As much as I do want to be accepted by my community and I don't want to be ostracised or whatever, I believed in that more than my fear of that, I suppose. Um, And just to say, you know, I remember John watching a documentary called Dominion, which everyone can watch on YouTube for free. Very enlightening documentary that I would recommend everybody listening to certainly view. If you are ever thinking about being vegan or plant-based, it's a great way to to start. I, I would I would suggest. But sorry, carry on. So you talk about your, your macho mates. <laughs> your macho mates, yeah. And um, so in so I think I'll go and right back. I was saying that what the intelligent part of my brain says that all that is is bollocks. Mm. Um, do you know what? I always thought I wouldn't swear on podcasts. I shouldn't swear. It's not. It's not big. It's not clever. But um, <laughs> but sometimes it emphasises how you no. really think about something. Authenticity. Yeah, authenticity. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, I just it's, I know it's nonsense. But your deep my default is to oh, I probably shouldn't open up about stuff. Probably shouldn't talk about stuff. Like yeah. I love chatting, as you can probably tell. Yeah. Um, anyone that's met me, but opening up about feelings and that's I've mm. always yeah I find that a bit bit difficult if it threatens the old bullshit mm. stereotype of what a real man's supposed to be like. Yeah, no, I t- um, totally get that. And it's funny because we do see men as, you know, um, well, the, the people who you were talking about there, you know, they, I'm sure that they would want to be strong, stoic, you know, um, reliable um, people who could help if, a, if there was a bad situation. And that's, to me, what veganism is all about. You know, being able to stand up for something that you believe is wrong, um, try to be a kinder person, trying to be more ethical, uh, realizing when you see something wrong and actually being, quote, man enough to stand up, have a backbone and be strong in your beliefs and say, I'm not going to support that for this reason. Mm. And nothing you guys say is going to turn me off that. That's very masculine, in my opinion. But a lot of men do the opposite of that. They kind of run. They almost resort back to like their childhood emotions of like, nope, that scares me. Nope, that's bursting my bubble. So I'm going to stay inside my bubble. And that's I'm not I'm not having a go at anyone who who does watch things and then you know they they're like, oh, actually, I want to carry on doing it this way. That's I'm, so I'm I'm worried I'm going to forget. That's why I kind of want to interrupt you said that's very masculine again my default is to go yeah I think that's very masculine too yeah but is that not feminine also what being well just like you just said like standing up for what you believe in challenging like the, oh like, so oh yeah so yeah, do you know what I mean but well, do you yeah, think yeah. see I've got this theory <laughs> I want to I stand out of you George yeah you know when we say oh that's really masculine or someone goes oh that's really feminine mm. what about if your, those words are a way of compliment, complementing the better characteristics of a gender. 
So like if you mm. because because you identify as a man, yeah. If you do something really cool, then like, you know, you do stand up for what you believe in, you're yeah. courageous, you're authentic. Yeah. You know, you're you be, you're a good role model. I I could say, yeah, that's that's really masculine, George. Right. And if a woman did the same thing, that's really feminine. Yeah. What about yeah. what about that? What about is that yeah. I don't know. Is that yeah, well, it's it's <laughs> do you stay, like that? Yeah, I do like it. It's it's staying true. You can to, disagree. <laughs> no, I like it because it's staying. It's my life's work, but you can disagree. Anything that allows you to stay true to your character, and live in your true, authentic self, I think that that is a compliment to the person that you are. You know, so if I'm doing something a certain way, or something that is. A, a stereotypical masculine trait, um, stoicism, standing up for what you believe in, uh, fighting against, for lack of better words, you know, evil or, or badness in the world, you know, I think that's a really, that's like that warrior spirit you mm. know, that men have always had. Um, and then, and but you could say, oh, it's, it's, it's tapping more into your feminine side and looking at your emotions and get, getting into all that. I'm sure it is. You know, I personally think men have um, feminine traits and masculine traits, but we're more masculine than we are feminine. And then females, same thing. So uh, females obviously have that warrior spirit when it comes to their children. If their children, like someone ever does something to like, imagine with uh, Betsy, I feel like people should be more scared of Samantha than you. If anyone tries to harm little Betsy, because the, 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 the motherly, traits and the the motherly response is to pick that car off mm. the car. You know, a lot of women have that but i but I, I i wonder if that's because i agree but i wonder if that's not feminine that's not what's the word femininity femininity, femininity yeah. that's a tricky one isn't it um that's mat being maternal yeah like betsy grew inside her tummy i mean god like but that's what we but that's, to, to, but that's feminine because that's females do that okay fine yeah I, I appreciate it's a weird sort of yeah yeah it's hard to get your head around it is actually and, and I don't think I think you I, can dissect this forever you could you don't sometimes totally could. things are a bit more black and white and it's hard and to kind of and this one isn't is it yeah this one isn't yeah um, but look I mean oh, could, yeah, I could talk about this for ages actually because I'm quite enjoying it it's an interesting conversation yeah. and there's things I kind of Anyway, um, <laughs> so, I uh, but I feel like we should get back to what, with your experience of your managing your own mental health, yeah. what precautions do you put in place on a day-to-day -day basis that you could offer to your clients, and maybe that might be helpful for anyone listening for managing their own mental health or the mental health of their clients. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, what would those things potentially be? Um, I would always, I always say to people, don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 10, because I think comparison is a thief of joy. Great quote. Um, and I always start that off when I get a new client, I say, look, you know, you're, you're, you're here now and, and it's probably the most unfit and et cetera that you're going to be. But each day that goes past each week that goes past each month, um, you're going to continually get stronger and fitter and it's, yeah. it's never going to be a straight line got to remember that it's going to be up and down, up and down. But I, I, I drew this out in a video once. And for anyone watching, you'll be able to see. If not, you might just have to picture this. But success is never in a straight line that, that goes up like this. You go up and then you go down a little bit. And then you go up and then you might go down a lot. Mm. But as long as, as long as, like, you're not... It's not, not linear, basically. Yeah. It's 
Yeah. So even when you have a big down, you're still not here where you started. Yeah, yeah. You know, you never go back big, to zero. Yeah, you? you'll never go back ever. Mm. Because even even if you worked out for a year and then didn't work out for the next twenty years, you'd still have that muscle memory mm. in you of when you trained for that first year. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I had um, one of my clients said to me once, um, "What should what should I be doing a ten k in?" Very typical, very you your know, normal question to ask your trainer. Yeah. But there's there's the science, John, and there's the the spiritual and that's I was good, like yeah, yeah. and I was like oh my god I just want to give this guy a straight answer without going into one but I couldn't help but be like um for what a uh, for, for for a man for a man of your age mm. for a man that's started where you are for a man that's got this amount of time to train for uh, a man that's got children for a man that um, has as many commitments as you have yep. from a man that's on the diet that you're on yep. from a man that gets the amount of sleep that you get from a, like there's so many metrics and variables that will influence that number and even then if you could get all that data and you compare to other people that share all those same characteristics and variables you're still different people yep. <laughs> so yep. I'm like yep. you know that's where I'm at However, I was like, but if you can do it under an hour, that'd be great. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no. by this time, he's just like, wow, who is this trainer? Yeah, what sort of a guy have I chosen to train me? But um, <laughs> look, I, I mean, what I, like, there is normative data for everything. And mm. normative data, if you're quite fit, can be quite motivating, can't mm. it? Because mm. you kind of think, right, uh, I'm pretty confident in my own fitness, so let's see what other people are doing. And, and that normally motivates you but when you're first starting out. Just yeah. worry about yourself. Yeah. Are completely. you better than the person you were last year, the year before? So absolutely bang on. Love that one. Yeah. Next. Great. <laughs> Next one. Um, I, need, I don't know if it's obvious, but I need a wee. That's, Do you? That's why, oh. that's why I'm, I'm sort of moving about a bit and I'm asking these questions a bit quickly. Do you want to pause or should we finish it? No, nah, keep going, keep okay. going. Where we gone? An hour. We're an hour in. We're an hour in. That's great. So um, what did I say there? Oh, the, the chart thing. Um, oh, I... I, I, I I always remind people that like what, what you need to understand why you're doing this. Are you doing it to feel better? Are you doing it to look better or both? Because I worry, because of the world we live in, I worry that a lot of people do it mostly for how they look, which is certainly great and makes you feel better, definitely improves your mental. If you look better, you feel more sexy, you feel more attractive, you feel like you can conquer the world, you it, 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 it visually looks pleasing less scared to take your top off when you're on holiday, etc. All that stuff is great, but there's a lot of people coming out now in the fitness world who admit that they only did it for how they looked and they never did anything to work on how they actually felt inside. Um, for example, stretching after a, a workout, you know, that can be something that you can do to make you actually feel better on the inside as well, or doing a little meditation practice or a gratitude practice, you with your journal and stuff. Um, and so I, I always sit down with people and have a quite a lengthy conversation about that because a lot of people eventually do say, no, do you know what? I really do want to feel better. I really want to feel mm. better. And I'm not too worried. Like I'd rather, I'd rather feel better. I'd rather feel better than look better, but I still want to look better as well. And it's like, perfect. Now I know how to train you because we will do hypertrophy stuff if you're trying to build your muscle we will do some fat burning exercises as well but we're always going to finish with a meditation we're always going to finish with uh, some flow movements or some um, some body massages that you can do some tapping practices some blood flow practices some Wim Hof breathing etc that will improve your mental health as well mm. but if someone's like no I literally just want to look good and in turn that will make me feel better it's like great 
four times a week we're doing hypertrophy and that's it. Scrap the meditation and stuff, we'll just focus on that. So I think people need to have a deeper conversation with themselves first before they dive in. Because how many people do you see going to these exercise classes all the time and they hate it and they come out and they say, I hate this, I hate this. It's like, well, why are you doing it? And they're like, well, because I want to feel better. And it's like, okay, well, have you ever thought about you know going for a walk in the woods instead, being out in nature more? Or like I say, doing more flow practices. Or you don't even need to be in a class. You can do something for free at home that I can teach you right now. Do that every day and you'll start feeling better. Mm. You know. So I just think that before people dive into something, have an open and honest conversation with yourself and think about what is it you really want to achieve. I know that's a little bit deep, but I'd like... What are no, your I thoughts on that? No, I hear you. Well, one of the things I've picked up from you is, from knowing you over the years is... You're not overly attached to an outcome, are you? No. Like, you like, I would say even with so with training, with your personal life, with your work, like mm. you might have a goal in mind, but you you've never from from what I can tell, you've never been a massively goal oriented person. You've been more about the journey, yeah, and the experience and the process. So you would. You know, if someone said to you, oh, you know, walking's not going to get your VO2 max up to, you know, an elite athlete level, mm. you'd be like, well, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I like walking, so yeah. I'm going to go walking. Yeah. Um, and I, I am somewhat like that, but I would say you're even more so. So I, I would be more inclined to endure something because I want an outcome. Yeah. Less likely these days, maybe since me and you, I don't know. <laughs> um, whereas you're more like to go... Well, forget it. I forget about the outcome. What yeah. life do I want to live? Yeah. I want to walk in nature. I want to um, go down to the calisthenics park. I mm. want to, um, and I do like it. I think it's a nice approach that when you're teaching people to exercise regularly, adhere to that, but mm. then also adhere to a healthy lifestyle that's good for their mental health, yep. is actually choose a life that you want to live that's a good for you, good for those around you, good for the planet, good for animals, etc. It's because often goals and targets, which I think are fantastic and everyone should have a go at it, but I've realized two things. One, it's short-lived, and two, it does take you out of the moment because if you're doing pull-ups every day and you say, I'm only going to be happy when I get 20, that's my goal, I need to get goal. Every time you get 10, 15, 19 pull-ups, it's never good enough, and you'll constantly tell yourself you're not good enough. That will then become your identity, and people will give you compliments. Your biceps are looking big. You're still doing your pull-ups. Yeah, I can't get 20 though. That will be your identity. Even if you don't want to admit it, Will, in the back of your mind, no, because I can't do 20 pull-ups because that's my goal. Then you'll hit your goal and be like, yes, I've got 20 pull-ups. But there'll always be someone else on social media or your friend doing 25, 30 pull-ups. Mm. And it never ends. And then you live the life of a failure. And when you live the life of a failure, you don't like yourself. When you don't like yourself, you want to be like someone else. So I'm all for accepting the character or accepting the person that you are today and not beating that person up for not being able to do 20 yeah. pull-ups. And more so, if you've got five pull-ups today, you're a champion. That's amazing. Well done. You should be proud of yourself, and you should think about that before you go to bed, how blessed I am to be able to do pull-ups in the first way. Still have a goal. Like, like I have goals. Like, I, I, the other day I was doing pull-ups, I was like, blimey, I need to get back to being able to do X amount or whatever. But if I can't get X amount, I don't beat myself up for it, mm. if that makes sense. I think, yeah, it does. It makes massive sense. So I've always been motivated in the past by seeing, by by actually being competitive with other people yeah. and seeing what other people can do. I've it's always been kind of an inspiration to me to try and do as well, beat them, etc. Mm. Um, and it's worked for me from the point of view that at times it's got me to a fitness level where I've been quite proud of. Nice. 
However, <laughs> there's a dark side to this. Now, there's a there's another there's another side to it, um, which is which I don't like mm. is when if I'm if I'm trying to be the best at something, whether it's in whether it's in a small community, in a competition, my local gym, whatever it may be, in order for me to feel great, so like say say I want to come first in something, in order for me to feel great it's kind of at the detriment of everyone else because yeah. I have, the only way I can feel my best is where, if everybody else is beneath me. Below you, yeah. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's kind of, and I don't know if this is just because I'm getting older, a bit more sentimental and, or moving with the times perhaps. Yeah. And I'm not quite ready to say, yeah, they should ban sports day and they should yeah. not place people and everything. Maybe I will one day, who knows, but, um, cause that's been a big part of my life and actually that's, that's served me quite well, mm-hmm. but, I'm very aware that doesn't serve everyone right. that well. So yeah. just because it, it's been quite good for me, maybe that's been a detriment of us. Anyway, so <laughs> the reason I'm saying that is because I think it links to what you're saying quite nicely is instead of getting your clients to compete with others and be hit an elite level 5K for their age group, for their gender, whatever the mm-hmm. hell you want to call it, is actually just celebrate any progress you've within yourself so if yep. you get one more rep great celebrate mm-hmm. not for cream cake but no no but but just but, give yourself a pat on the back yeah you know if your technique improves give yourself on a pat pat on the back if your yeah. mobility gets better give yourself and forget what everyone else is doing yeah and just chill like even in sports day like i b- absolutely believe there's a first second and, and third you know and i know in schools now they're doing a lot more sort of everyone gets a trophy everyone's a winner uh, which is great if everyone's taking part in something, especially if they're nervous, they're absolutely a winner in my book and hopefully in theirs. But in in a class of kids, there is someone who is going to be the fastest and absolutely they should, they should you know, if they take part in a race, they should get a first place medal and oh, fantastic, you were the fastest, great. That's, that's brilliant. And then they compete against all the other schools who were the fastest and then we can have, watch them on TV and all this entertainment stuff. But I remember in, when I was doing sports day and stuff, and if I'd come fourth or fifth or whatever, I, I wouldn't care. <laughs> I wouldn't be like, oh, damn, I didn't come first. And I know that's just difference. Like, everyone's different. Um, but I would just be like, I'm glad that I took part. I'm proud of the person who was behind me. I'm proud of the person who was in front of me. Mm. And it's like, this is a big community group thing that we've all done, and we should all be really happy. So that's kind of how I see exercise, because there's just so much comparison. Uh, I, I, it's just per- things that I've just seen. I've just seen, you know, you give someone a compliment, yeah, but I'm not as good as this person. Yeah, but I'm not as skinny as that person. Yeah, but I'll never look like this. But it's like, that's what's been drummed into our heads. Yeah, you're bringing something to the table. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the same as that person there, that person there, but you're oh. bringing something to the table. And that's why... Like, if you think about, people often say, oh, the reason humans have uh, evolved to who we are today is because we're competitive and we're, 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 we drive, 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 and we're always pushing to be better and better and better. But there's another theory that if you look at, if you look at us compared to other species, we, we're actually physically we're quite pathetic. Yeah. You know, we're not very fast. No. You know, we're very strong. Um, you know, you think about all the other species, how... You know, amazing they are what they can do physically mm. but what we are very good at is is creating communities and yeah working one another and and utilizing each other for their different strengths and yeah for you so that as as one we're in a mighty force and we can do fantastic things so this idea then that 
we're trying to elevate one individual as being the best above everyone else is fine for a very specific thing, give mm. them credit where credit's due, but let's not let's not forget that we're looking at one very specific thing. Yeah. This doesn't this isn't the measure of them as a human being. Exactly. You know, there yeah. might be a million ways to measure the the success or the um the the well just an individual mm. and we're just we're, at the moment we're just celebrating one <laughs> yeah mate this is getting deep isn't it that's great shouldn't I... have smoked that joint before you came on <laughs> just kidding <laughs> don't do drugs kids just kidding um yeah so let's let's wrap it up yeah um but i think again i'll get you back on if that's all right because i want to talk about some things like some of the, the sort of self self-help type stuff that you've done with clients we've done with yourself you know mm. like the meditation gratitude stuff just being a nice compassionate human being helping others how wonderful that is for your own mental health yeah definitely um, would you be up for that absolutely mate okay. yeah I love these alright well, <laughs> I'm glad you said do you know what I didn't even I knew the answer was going to be yes so I started talking before you even finished yeah I know you will right <laughs> yeah it's fine yeah, yeah, back yeah. On. it's been an hour and 12 yeah, minutes like, no John no more please <laughs> stop <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I've got my own business. Yeah, yeah. Stop getting yeah. me involved in yours. It's my day off, John. It's my one day off. <laughs> yeah, that you'll be uh, single next time you're on because you yeah. spent so much time uh, hanging out with me that Grace will have dumped you. But anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> you'll be fine. You've got all those methods to get over that. So True. Yeah, I'll just I'll do my TRE and my little... Do you want to do another what? shameless plug as well for Grace? Grace Murray Art. Uh, a shameless plug? No, you did it last time you were on. You said something about Grace Marial. Oh, did I give her a shout out? Yeah, do another one. Go I'll on. do another one. My girlfriend is a very talented artist and you can follow her on Instagram, Grace Murray Art, or you can go to gracemurrayroley.com and look at her amazing artwork. Um, she's like ridiculously good. And yeah, you, you, she, she can draw pictures for you and your family as well. Pets mostly, pet portraits, but humans as well. There so. we go. There we are. Yeah, and they are. They're crazy good. Um, so I saw a painting she she did recently of a friend of ours, their dog, and I was like, it looked like a photo. So clever. Anyway, yeah. right. Thank you, mate. And uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, sir. Thanks everyone for listening. <laughs> now, if you enjoyed today's episode, something you can do for me is subscribe to my show. And if you know anyone else that might be interested in this content, then please share it with them too. You can also head over to our socials and follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. But if you're ready to take that next step, visit our website, www.stormfitnessacademy.co.uk. Fill out a contact form, that'll come straight to me. I will contact you shortly afterwards, and I look forward to speaking to you then.